Tefera Jemian, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. As if you've been listening for a while, you know this comes up with food a lot. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So today, I'm really excited because I'm starting what I hope will become a series of episodes talking about literary food. And for those of you who know me, or know me from previous projects, you know that I like talking about books. So this is basically an excuse for me to just squeeze in my love of books uh, with my love of food onto this lovely podcast. And today for the first episode, I have a guest I'm so excited to have in studio, Emma Lanza. She is a storyteller and a hobbit about town. Emma, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about all this delicious food and all the Oh, the hobbity goodness. Yes. (laughs) So as soon as I started thinking about books and food, of course, I started thinking about Tolkien because it's extremely hard not to think about food when you're reading Tolkien. Yeah. And then very conveniently on your recent birthday, happy birthday. Thank you. You posted on social media about getting a Tolkien cookbook. Yes. And that just made all of the gears were in my brain. And I was like, I got to have her. There you go. I know she's going to be good for this. And then, of course, immediately I was like, I asked you if I had to be a good cook, and you said no. So that was helpful. No, nobody has to be a good cook on this show. Uh, you just have to love food. I do That's love food. All. I love food. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much a hobbit about town in that way. I love like that. My comforts, my tea, and my food. Not yeah. my pipe weed. That's one hobbity thing I never got into, but... That's okay. That's okay, too. Yeah, yeah. You really, you might be my hobbyist friend, actually, at least locally. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, that, I wear that badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, this side of the Shire. Yeah. So, yes, as stated obliquely, we are talking about t- food in Tolkien. Uh, we're going to talk about The Hobbit. We're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. And we will also be talking about movie adaptations, because when you've seen the movie and read the books, they these all these neurons fire synchronously. Mm-hmm. Um So we are not purists here, and we love all media equally. That is true. So when I think about food and The Hobbit, I mean, (laughs) I just gave it away. When I talk about food and Tolkien, the first thing I think about is The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And very specifically that first chapter. Absolutely. Of The Hobbit. That was sort of my my gateway into Tolkien to begin with. In like Mm -hmm. the fifth or sixth grade, I remember I bought The Hobbit at a Scholastic Book Fair at my elementary school Mm -hmm. and I read that first chapter and I was like what what is this like this all sounds so delicious and I was so hungry reading it but also felt very fed in this at the same time and it just it that was it and that started my lifelong love of Tolkien probably was about the food because it's so vivid and so well described and it's just and and it keeps coming yeah Right. Like he's having his breakfast and then Gandalf shows up and is a little bit saucy with him. And then he invites him to tea. And then all of a sudden there's these dwarves and then you want seed cake. I want pork pies. I want jam. I want ale. It's it's all there. All there. I love that you stumbled on The Hobbit organically. I had a friend who whose father was very into Tolkien. Mm -hmm. So I had I had seen him like when I would go to her house or whatever, I, I had seen the books around. So I think that when I saw it at the book fair, I said, oh, I know that book. Yeah, yeah. So and then and then I ended up seeing the actually to talk about adaptations, the animated Hobbit. Yeah. Is so good. Okay. It is one of the best adaptations. It is, sorry, Peter Jackson, but better than the Hobbit movies (laughs) of that are more recent. Um, But it's very hard to find. I I wish I could find it um, to watch it again. But I remember going to her house and watching it Mm -hmm. and 
you know, talking to her dad about Tolkien. And so when I saw the book, I bought it. And then, of course, I started reading Lord of the Rings. And then I tried in vain as a teen to read The Silmarillion. <laughs> I, they, they need to make like a graphic novel yeah. of The Silmarillion. They really do. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was introduced to The Hobbit. I think my brother read it mm. to me out loud. He's eight years older than me. So he okay. read me a lot of books. Just the beginning of The Hobbit is such a portrait of comfort mm-hmm. and of abundance. And you can tell that Tolkien loves both these things. Yeah. With, he writes about them with such affection and such detail. And within a few pages, really, of the beginning, you you get to the food. But what I always think of is that, that sort of just rolling feast once the dwarves come mm-hmm. up. And the structure of it, you know, a dwarf or two arrive... They ask for food. Bilbo thinks it's over for this is all the people that, and then the the, the knock the door knocks again. Oh, that has to be Gandalf this time. No, it's not. It's going to be a few more, and they're going to ask for even more food. Yeah. And you just see the the plentiful nature of his pantries, and yeah, and it's just he was he he didn't need to do a special you know shop or bake for this. He had everything, yeah, there, yeah, naturally because he's a hobbit. And even though he is overwhelmed and doesn't really want to give them all his special Mm -hmm. treats, um, it never crosses his mind not to. It never crosses his mind to say, no, I don't have that. Yeah, Yeah, it's this culture of generosity um, that I think is one of the, like, really appealing things Mm -hmm. about Hobbit culture. Yeah. No, they like, and they love giving gifts, and they love receiving gifts, and, you know, writing letters, and correspondence, and chatting, and eating, and drinking. It's just, it's what you were saying, it's it's abundance. Yeah. And I love how the book starts with that, because then, you know, you're seeing kind of everything that Bilbo has to give up Mm -hmm. to go on his, on his adventure. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's other food in the book, obviously, that we'll talk about, but it's just that that juxtaposition of of abundance with you know them trudging along the road on the way to Erebor and trying yeah. you know and not having as much and yeah and and Bilbo experiencing that really for the first time exactly. of like not having enough to eat mm-hmm. and not being able to eat whatever he chooses whenever he chooses it, yeah exactly yeah. the thing that always captivated my imagination was the seed cakes mm-hmm. the seed cakes really take I don't know, for some reason they stick out more yeah. than anything else. I would agree with that. Yeah. Bilbo says, come in and have some tea. And Balin says, a little beer would suit me better if it's all the same to you. Um, but I don't mind some cake, seed cake, if you have any. <laughs> I love how he's so specific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dwarves all are. The dwarves yeah. are like, they're at the diner. They're yeah. ordering. I, wanna, like, I want order exactly up. what I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. just cake, seed uh, cake. And Bilbo responds, lots. Uh, Bilbo found himself answering to his surprise, and he found himself scuttling off to the cellar to fill, the pi- to fill a pint beer mug and then to a pantry to fetch two beautiful round seed cakes, which he had baked that afternoon for his after-supper morsel. Maybe people who grew up in the British Isles are familiar with seed cake. Mm-hmm. But it's, there's not really anything here that we call seed cake. No, not really. And I think when I first read it, I didn't know what that was. But I was, again, captivated with, like, yeah. beautiful, round. Like, I just, the words are so enticing. But I'm like, what is this seed cake? It makes it sound like the most appetizing thing yeah. in the world. Even if somebody asked me outside of The Hobbit, if my first encounter had been somebody being like, do you want some seed cake? I would have been like, is that for birds? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually, this this year, I think what sort of inspired this whole thing that we're doing was that I suddenly got it in my head to figure out what seed cake was and to make it. Mm. And there is a Hobbit cookbook. And apparently this is like an old British recipe. Okay. I think maybe more Victorian than like ancient, but there's like Mm -hmm. evidence of it in medieval cooking as well. And it's flavored with caraway seeds. Yes, actually. I looked up the recipe in my book that I got for my birthday too, and it was caraway seeds. And I was like, oh, Okay, that makes sense. Like, Which is, it's so interesting, though, because I wouldn't have thought to put caraway seeds in a sweet cake. Oh, that's true. Like, I think of poppy yeah. seeds. Pop, Yeah, poppy seeds are the more popular yeah. choice, I guess, yeah. for us. But I tried making it. Mm-hmm. And while the recipe I used turned out drier than I would like, nice with a cup of tea, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the caraway is so nice in the sweet cake. Like, there's something about that little savory note that mm-hmm. just, like, 
sets it off mm. and I really get what Bilbo is talking about like I too would like this for my after supper morsel yeah yeah especially with a cup of tea I mean yes it's just nothing better in life tea and cake yeah like that's something you know we criticize the British Empire a lot on this show but like something the British Empire got very very right is tea and cake yeah what else does it for you in this scene there's a mention I want to say of fresh buttery scones yes and I just my mom growing up we would have scones all the time so I was like oh yes like I want that also and it's so comforting and it reminded me of my comforts at Mm -hmm. home so I remember that part of the chapter as well the drinks are interesting Mm -hmm. I find because there's you know hobbits like you think hobbit you think beer yeah. Ale, you know, but then there's mention, I, I I think, of coffee as well. Yeah, they put a pot of coffee on I the heart. A cof- yeah. pot of coffee on. And then I was thinking, too, I was reading about how Tolkien took out a mention in The Hobbit of tomatoes and replaced it with pickles because tomatoes were a, quote, new world yes. food. As opposed to an old world food where, you know, he was trying to create this great mythology of England yeah. from Middle Earth. But I'm like, yeah, but... It, there are so many things in there that he left that are technically like like coffee like coffee yeah or tea or potatoes <laughs> that's true <laughs> now are potatoes in the book potatoes are well they're in lord of the rings for sure okay yeah cuz i know they're in yeah. the movies of lord of the rings but it's been but a but they're while in the books of lord the of the rings yeah. as well there is a thing between the the, the, the yeah. scene with sam and gollum about potatoes is okay. you know which i'm sure we'll get to but yeah, is yeah, yeah. is in the movie but it's all it, there is this thing in the book where yeah. he makes this rabbit stew right and he wishes there were potatoes so tomatoes he can clear out but potatoes it's a step too far I, you can't you can't have british mythology without them I, I guess i <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's exactly why he changed it. He changed it from tomatoes to pickles. Yeah. But, and is that the cold chicken and pickles? That's yeah. something that always sticks out to me. Yeah. Like, that I think also that's, sounds I think really that's, good for I a think late that's night the snack. reference. But I don't... I, I, and one of the hypotheses was that it was, an, you know, not an old world food. But again, yeah. then there's so many other exceptions. So I'm not yeah. sure why. But yeah, the coffee makes me think of that too. I'm like, I don't always think of hobbits and coffee per se. Like, I always think tea. Yeah. Yeah, because, the, well, the coffee craze started in Europe. This is the kind of nerdy shit we talk about here, so I can know this stuff. The coffee craze was really, like, late Renaissance into mm. the, like, um, Georgian period. Okay. It's really, like, the 1700s is, is sort of when all the salons are happening and everything. And, yeah, that is, like, the new world food craze with yeah. tomatoes and potatoes starting and, yeah. and everything like that that we've talked about. That is very funny, that selectiveness. Yeah. I feel like it tells you something about, like, British identity as well, though. Mm-hmm. Because, like, tomatoes, like, sure, you have them with your breakfast, but they're not really, like, a quintessentially British food in the same way that potatoes Potatoes are are, exactly exactly or like the comfort of a warm drink on the hearth yeah or i mean for all we know maybe tolkien just didn't like tomatoes like i don't who knows why he chose to edit that the way he did very possible i personally like i've talked about this on the show before but i personally am such a big fan of the late night snack Mm-hmm. That's like one of my greatest joys is like after the kids are asleep and we like watch a show and eat snacks. That's like, yeah, oh, it's like it's hungry time and it is so nice. And this is, I think, the quintessential late night snack of just like everything in your larder. Yeah, everything. Um, I mean, I can only dream of having a pantry this well stocked. I tell you. I know Bilbo is a wealthy hobbit. So He's a like, wealthy hobbit, but I also love that he has more than one pantry. Of course. You've got to have the second. It, it, it's like it's it's like breakfast. You can't yeah, have just one. Exactly. <laughs> For you, what is the most appealing hobbit meal? Of the six Of the six of meals. Of the six meals. So for those of you who are not familiar yes. with hobbits, uh you gotta correct me if I no. miss anything yeah, here. But there's there's breakfast. There's second breakfast. There's is that is elevensies. Luncheon, dinner, no, and afternoon so, tea. Afternoon tea. Dinner. Dinner. So in the I think in the books there's those six, but then I think in the films they added supper. They add supper. So yeah. there's seven. So there's so some people say yeah, there's yeah, six yeah. Hobbit meals. Some people say there's seven. But then again, I think they should also add a late night snack. I was going to say there's also the after dinner morsel, very you know? clearly laid out in these pages. Um, but my favorite would probably be afternoon tea. Mm-hmm. I just, I love an afternoon tea. It can be a fancy one or it can be a very simple one, mm-hmm. but it's just that break around 
three o'clock. Yeah. Have a snack. Have a scone. Have a cup of tea. Yeah. I you know I'm I'm very lucky in that I work from home a lot a lot of days and I will make my little afternoon tea snack and it is delightful. I love that. I'm yeah. gonna need to talk to you about tips for this because I'm working from home for the first time. Okay. And I'm finding that I can just kind of get lost in the mm-hmm. day, lose my routine, not have my snacks, eat on the flight, like way more than when I was in the office. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. I I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it, but I I sometimes even set alarms. Okay. Just to be like, stop what you're doing. Also, it helps I have a dog, okay, so I do yeah, yeah, walk yeah. him in midday, so it mm-hmm. kind of he'll let me know if if I'm not paying attention to him. So that helps. But it can be hard. Having six or seven meals would really break that up. If instead of being like, oh, is it lunchtime? I was going, oh, man, I worked right through second breakfast, Mm -hmm. but I can still have 11 Z's. Yeah. Yeah. And something I aspire to have. I can't have a Hobbit pantry, but something I aspire to is to always have a morsel, you Mm -hmm. know, I love baking, so yeah. it's not that hard for me when I'm home all the time to have yeah. scones or pumpkin bread or, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Seed cake. Or seed cake. Exactly. All right. So we, I think, could spend a whole hour talking about this scene. That's true. We could. Uh, but we have the rest of The Hobbit. <laughs> That's true. And two more books. That is, that is three more books. Well, there's... Oh, my goodness. The yeah, there's three. there's three more. There's, yeah. yeah. That... Um, it's so, a lot. Right. So moving on into the adventure. Into the, yes, they <laughs> are on the portion road. Portion of the book when they're on the road. What what stands out to you? I mean, I think when they when they go and meet Bjorn mm-hmm. and they have the honey cakes and he gives them that beautiful feast and mm-hmm. there's like soft white breads and mm-hmm. honey. And, 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 and again, another thing, because I'm, I'm a bit nerdy and I did some research before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no sugar. Okay. In Tolkien. Okay. It's honey is the sweetener. Okay. I mean, that's or at least very there's, there's, there's no sugar explicitly mentioned anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's honey. But that the feels appropriate for hobbits. There's yeah. something about sort of like that, the earthiness of that. Exactly. That feels very appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think they, when they get there and they've had their adventures and they're tired and they're stressed and then they get to have this this meal prepared for them and Mm -hmm. it's also it's a vegetarian meal Mm -hmm. which is interesting too because I I I would assume that since Bjorn is one is at like very communicative with the animals yeah like that's maybe one reason why he's a vegetarian Mm -hmm. you know yeah makes sense sort of like eating your friends exactly yeah so that's interesting too especially because the hobbits and the dwarves are all you know Neat. They're, they're proper stout British men, right? Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then I also know, I remember he sends them on their way with twice baked honey cakes, mm. which makes me think a little bit about like foreshadowing of Lemba's bread. Mm-hmm, like biscotti. Something you, like, like, like a biscotti yeah, that, yeah. You, that, that you can take with you on the road that will last yeah. several days. Um, so I think of that when I think of food in The Hobbit. I've um, actually been on a biscotti tear lately because I discovered how easy it is to make biscotti. So this week I've made like two batches of nice. biscotti. What kind? Uh, I made the first one I made was plain because I didn't really have anything, mm. um, and because Toby said he my, Toby is my five year old said he likes biscotti but he doesn't like the nuts in it. So I was mm. like, I'll make just a plain one. Made a plain one. It was underwhelming because I oh, didn't even okay. have almond extract, so it was just kind of like fine. The texture was beautiful texture was perfect okay. the second one i made was um orange zest and almond Ooh. extract and that was really nice nice and now i have i have dates and i have hazelnuts and i have currants oh that's and i want to figure mm-hmm. out some things to do with those but i really like my sister is a baker and she used to make just huge 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 batches of biscotti for every uh christmas she would come up and visit mm-hmm. and have like dozens and dozens of different kinds of biscotti and i think she made like apricot and pistachio and i want to do that, that one too. That sounds really good. But now I'm wondering if I can do twice baked honey cake. Honey you cakes. know, if I can do honey biscotti. Yeah. Because yeah. it, that's exactly what it sounds like when it's described. Like yeah. like a biscotti. Yeah. So I think it would work really well. I've been getting very into honey cake this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just that romantic captivation. Yeah. I feel like honey cakes is another thing that like gets mentioned in books all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just sounds beautiful it's and it sounds again comforting and warm and delicious and sweet and all those good things that you want and it's just 
it sounds it's fab and also honey cakes would be a great drag queen name i bet there is one and probably if you're a drag queen named honey cakes let us know yeah. <laughs> Let us know. But yeah, I've been making, this is another one of my little morsels, Smitten Kitchen's Sunken Apple Honey Cake, which is mm. like glazed with honey and it's oh. just like beautiful. And that's what I think of now when I think of honey cakes. But it sounds exactly like something I would like to have after having been on the road eating dried things a lot. Yeah, dried yeah. things or th- anything you can cook over a fire that yeah. you might have on hand. Not as fun. Oh, the scene with the trolls. Oh, yes, when they try to cook them and then they want to squish they they are debating how to eat them yeah that's very yeah but is there now now i'm wondering i should have reread this book quickly but is there something about sausages soon after that about cooking sausages over a fire or am i just making that up i don't remember i think i'm not making all i can remember is they the trolls have the whole debate on how exactly if they want yeah. to cook them yeah. or if they want to just squish them and eat them raw. Yeah, squish them into a jelly. Into a jelly, um, yeah. I guess that's the, the less appealing part of food in The Hobbits. Yes, the there, Hobbit. there, there can be less appeal. And I would imagine also with the dragon, I guess drag, what do dragons eat? People. People? They and hobbitses. People. Yeah, they do. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess I think traditionally also animals like dragons yeah. are carnivores who will eat yeah. whatever prey they can get. Yeah. But speaking of less pleasant food experiences, there's also Gollum. Oh, yes. I feel like there's something about like Smeagol because he was a hobbit or mm-hmm. was a. He was a hobbit like creature. Yeah, he was a hobbit like creature. Very similar. And just the fact that he's been so, so polluted, mm-hmm. so corrupted yeah. that he now can survive on extremely unpleasant food. Yeah. And not um, just survive on it. That's what he likes. He yeah. even complains to Sam about cooking the when he when he finds the rabbits in Lord yeah. of the Rings. He, Sam cooks them into a stew and Gollum is not OK with that. Yeah. He's like. I like things, you know, and I think in the movies he says raw and wriggling, yeah. but, you know, he he prefers it that way. Yeah. Like that's how far he's come from being a hobbit-like creature. Is he's almost more like an orc or a goblin now. Yeah. Well, um, and orcs are also corrupted elves, right? The, yes. So we have, there's sort of this thing <laughs> about Tolkien's mind, which is that when you become evil, you stop liking good food. You stop liking good food. You like... You know, you're either a cannibal or you like raw meat. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then the orcs also have that drink. I don't know if it has a name, but that like, it's like a spicy drink and they give it to Merry or Pippin mm-hmm. at one point and it like revives you. And I imagine, I wonder what's, what's in that. Like, I almost, it's like, I almost think of it as like <laughs> spicy espresso. <laughs> Spicy espresso. You know, like, you know, you can make like a Cuban espresso with like brown Mm -hmm. sugar, Cubano. It's like instead of that, you just pack in cayenne. Yeah, that could work. I've never thought about it before, but I think that's like. Because it's supposed to like revive you. So the coffee makes sense and the spice. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And and it just occurred to me, too, uh, thinking about how orcs are corrupted elves. The elves have a, a special drink called Mirivore. Yes. So maybe this nasty, spicy espresso is like the orc version yeah. of that. Well, whereas like with the elves, you know, that's like a green juice. Yeah. It's, some, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> going to be very pure. Yeah. Or like matcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, you went from being matcha girlies to being yeah. spicy espresso spicy goblins. Espresso. Yeah. The only other food I can think of specifically is the men of Dale make that cram bread, mm. which is like a like a like a crappier lembas bread. Yeah, it's like a more basic, but it's the 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 point of it is it keeps you full for a long time mm-hmm. and you can take it with you on the road. Mm-hmm. And they make it and they either sell it to the dwarves or give it to the dwarves. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the, when I was thinking of like, you know, food specifically, like what was jumping out to me was the, yeah, cram, which doesn't sound very appetizing. Yeah. You know, lembas bread, it sounds appetizing. It's in these beautiful leaves and, you know, you can have just a, a mouthful and it'll keep you full for several days. But the cram, it just sounds like. It's like hard tack. Yeah, It's exactly. like you're going to sea and tapping the weevils out of your biscuits. Yeah, it's just yeah. 
Yeah, not tasty. And I think that comes back to what you were saying at the beginning, that there's this beautiful contrast in The Mm -hmm. Hobbit between what Bilbo has and what he gives up to go on this adventure. Yeah. And there's also, when Bilbo is in the city of Dale, I think he gets some sort of food. Like, he asks for food and he gets, like, a, what is it called? Like, a plowman's lunch? Yeah. Kind of a thing, like bread and some meats and stuff yeah anyway yeah. that always but i like that like, he's always like yeah. no i want i'm you're, give me some food yeah yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. a hobbit i'm hungry i'm also a really big fan of the plowman's lunch setup yeah. that's for those of you who don't know basically just a charcuterie board yeah but with like bread and cheese and it's more like it's less fancy and more like mm-hmm. cheddar and ham and yeah grapes and stuff yeah the idea being it's something you can like wrap up in a napkin and take out into the fields with you mm-hmm. and eat in a few hours All right. Well, I think that covers The Hobbit. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot to talk about in the Lord of the Rings, even though we've already kind of cheated and touched on that. We did, but that, you know, it's it's all interconnected. So that's, I'm just going to bring it over to the Mm mid-roll and then we'll come back with Lord of the Rings. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend, maybe your Tolkienist Tolkien friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of December, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you are being hobbity in your generosity. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Also, if you join our Patreon, you'll get access to our Hobbit generosity, by which I mean the monthly newsletter, the No Bad Food Recipe Club. Each month, we post new recipes for you to try out and to share with your friends and family. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon, I hope that makes you reconsider. You can join up at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. So let's get into it. Lord of the Rings... The very beginning of the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring, starts with another Hobbit party, uh, but a much more planned one this time. But still that Hobbit abundance and generosity, Mm -hmm. because Bilbo has decided adventures are not for him, and he would rather have meals. Well, yes, but he also wants to go... That's true. ...back on an adventure. So I think he's torn Mm -hmm. between the comforts of his hobbit hole and Mm -hmm. wanting to go back and see the elves. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, yeah, it's his birthday and Frodo's birthday. They share a birthday. September 22nd. Bilbo's 11-1st birthday. Yes. And Frodo's... 50th, 50th, isn't it? Yeah, because that's his sort of coming of age. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's the age when hobbits become adults. Yeah, because they live a very long time. Very long time. (laughs) Because that's what happens when you just eat food and... Give gifts and have a good time. Yep. Keeps you young. Keeps you young. Yeah. It's the life I always wanted to have. Just the Hobbit life, you know? And there are lots of facets of my life that are very hobbity, so I'm Mm -hmm. very lucky in that way. Mm -hmm. But yes. But you're not living in a hill yet. No, not not in a hill. Um, I don't have a round door Mm. with a doorknob in the middle, which doesn't actually make sense if you think about it. It seems extremely impractical unless the door, like, my garage door is a very old garage door so it's like a mechanical Mm. opening instead of an electric one and it has like a latch that goes from the middle okay but it's extremely unwieldy Mm -hmm. and i hate it okay i just always think i'm like how does the doorknob in the middle function yeah unless you just like it's more ornamental and you just push it like maybe maybe there's no latch and it's just yeah, yeah maybe it's just a thing to push or pull closed that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I always do start thinking about the films because I think the the Lord of the Rings films are very well done. Yeah. Um, I have very few issues. I do have some, but we don't need to get into that because that would be a separate <laughs> episode. It open. It just it's, it gives me that same sense of comfort and abundance mm-hmm. and everything that I get from reading The Hobbit, I get from either reading Lord of the Rings or watching The, first, the Fellowship of the Ring in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's so, it feels like home to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and again, I think you get that thing of like, this is, all this abundance is what they have now, but, oh, 
oh boy, they don't know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is, and, and especially if you're, if you're like me, I like to reread mm-hmm. books and rewatch films that I love. And it's like, oh, but they had no idea. Yeah. Like, you pick up on so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So. And I mean, again, that's like, I, I'm bringing it back to that like great point you made at the beginning that that just shows how much there is to lose and how mm-hmm. much there is to protect. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really big theme in Tolkien is simple life, simple mm-hmm. joys of life are worth putting everything on the line to protect. Absolutely. And I think that's what's so compelling about yeah. these books. Like, And I love the message that like eating really good food with your loved ones is a joy that is worth mm-hmm. everything absolutely like one of the most valuable things yeah or like going to the pub with your friends mm-hmm. and having some pints and mm-hmm. you know pining over the bar the bartender yeah. Yeah. as sam does you know all those little things that just bring you the joy in life and and i think that's what gandalf is so adamant about protecting mm-hmm absolutely you know, like he sees the value in that he sees the value in hobbit life and and the intelligence that hobbits have where they're often overlooked by the the big folk yeah um but gandalf is he sees it he's like no no these are special special hobbits yeah and that's yeah i mean you know i'm getting into my book analysis now instead of food but like that really is what it's all about Mm -hmm. it's sort of everybody who's putting governments and conquering and treasures and things uh, above everything else but really the hobbits are are the shire is the soul mm-hmm. of the whole story Absolutely. and that's why the um like when it is invaded mm-hmm. it's such a violation it's yeah. such a such a it's like the to me it's like the core of violence in the mm-hmm. books is just that this has reached even to the shire yeah 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 absolutely and i think also with the other you know races of middle earth like Mm -hmm. they're just they're not as understandable to me as hobbits Mm -hmm. they're not as relatable Mm -hmm. you know the elves are very kind of distant and you know ethereal ethereal and philosophical and cool they're very cool like you know i enjoy (laughs) them but when i think about who i can relate to obviously i can relate like i relate to pippin hard yeah like he's (laughs) just a bit of an idiot and I love him for but he's not actually an idiot he's actually wonderful yeah but he just he makes silly mistakes and I'm like I I can relate well that's it Pippin is a normal person yeah who makes mistakes (laughs) yeah and you know makes many amusing memes online of him and Gandalf having issues but I think Gandalf loves Pippin oh yeah you know they they I don't think there's actual dislike there it's just like oh come on Pippin again yeah I mean Gandalf (laughs) is is uh, stern with Pippin because he loves him. Exactly. I think and that's really really clear yeah. in the books but also really in the movies. Really good in the movies. Like yeah. the fool of a took fool moment a took. is just credit to excellent acting. Mm-hmm. You can see. You see all of it. You yeah. see the anger that's coming from worry, right? Yeah. That that you can tell that Gandalf is upset because Pippin has put himself in danger. Yeah. And that is that makes all the difference, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, good food being just like like the heart of what's worth protecting yeah right and having a party with all your friends and family and giving everybody gifts mm-hmm. and giving everybody food and dancing into the night under yeah. a big tree is just like and everyone's invited and even yeah. people who weren't invited came anyway like yeah. and everyone's welcome I just feel like there's something about like cultures of generosity mm-hmm. that I don't always associate with like British mythology necessarily but there's something so nice about seeing that and seeing like yes the open doors to all yeah Um, because that's very much how I grew up was like Mm -hmm. when there's food like yes you can come over and eat the food like of course same Um, and there will be snacks out on the table when you come in the door like Mm -hmm. we're not waiting to eat Mm -hmm. you are eating snacks while you wait for the meal to be prepared Um, yeah and that's just like it's just beautiful and it's something that like I I took for granted as a child Mm -hmm. and so reading The Hobbit it wasn't out of the ordinary for me I was like of course when 13 dwarves show up on your on your doorstep you feed them absolutely my my father was a professor at McGill and anytime we would have people show up like musicians from Argentina Mm -hmm. students literally show up at our house and be like oh someone gave me this address and said to come here and it was like thanksgiving or christmas we would always have like whoever needed 
a place to go for the holidays would come and have, you know, yeah, the Christmas dinner with us. And it was just normal. But I just love how it's like, I, I feel like somewhere in Argentina, like our whole family address is just like freely available yeah. for people coming <laughs> to Montreal <laughs> to study music who want to meet my dad. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, and so again, it's, it's very similar with the Hobbits. Like everyone can come. Yeah. There's always a space at the table. And it's so funny when you like realize that that's a culture shock for some people that like, I will just like spontaneous be like, oh, you want to come over for dinner? And sometimes people will get so like surprised and, mm-hmm. and uncomfortable and I guess maybe elven about it or <laughs> men about it yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like Aragorn would be kind of like mm. yeah although he's although he's a he's a ranger well he's so gracious he's, also. and he's also great and you know he 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 also Aragorn can also fend for himself so maybe he yeah. wouldn't even need exactly you know he'd be like I've got a rabbit back yeah exactly like, I'm good um I don't need your stew <laughs> oh Eowyn stew I don't remember, honest to goodness, if that's in the book. But I it's feel in, like that's a movie. It's touch in the extended beautiful. edition of yeah. the movies, and it is so well. Like his face when he takes the bite, and it's disgusting. Yeah, and he thinks she's walked away, so he spits it, and then and then she turns and like it's it's comedic, it's perfect yeah. comedy, and I love like and she's so amazing in so many capacities, but like girl can't cook yeah yeah you know <laughs> well and i love that for her too as like she doesn't have to cook like she's nope. a badass warrior yeah she's cooking because she really wants aragorn to love her i know oh which is just like that whole storyline is done so well in the movie mm-hmm. i feel like it's something i barely noticed in the book yeah and then they draw it out like they draw it out, and they needed to because again magnificent acting magnificent acting um, but also like I love Tolkien like so very much, but there's not a lot of female representation. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that in the films they tried to sort of, you know, like little things like they replaced Glorfindel the elf with Arwen coming. Yeah. You know, I love Glorfindel in the books, like very cool elf, very cool history. Um, but it made sense to kind of have more, yeah. try to have more female representation. So the same thing with the Eowyn Aragorn yeah. subplot yeah. and then she ends up with Faramir my boy Faramir I love Faramir, Faramir. and and they, they just like work well together yeah. Eowyn and Faramir yeah. like they can be wounded ethereal spirits exactly. together yeah exactly yeah but yeah she cannot make a stew but she also probably had very poor ingredients if they were on the road true you know yeah. she's maybe making the best of it but mm, no <laughs> yeah she probably doesn't know the importance of seasoning because, like, she grows up in a castle. She, People yeah, are making exactly, food for her. Exactly. She's not, she's not, she's not, she doesn't have to cook. She's not like Aragorn who can forage for herbs yeah. and spices, you know, do all that. No, she probably doesn't have that frame of reference. And I love it because, like, you know Aragorn has to be really good at cooking because, like, like Aragorn's mm. good at everything. There's Aragorn is uh, very much the dream, uh, the dream still. boat. Still. Still, all these years. Book Aragorn and movie Aragorn. Yeah. Perfect. No notes. I remember, I was captivated by Aragorn from, like, the first mention of Strider when I was yeah. eight years old. Yeah. Like, he is the man I have loved longest in my life. Yeah. He is everything. Yeah. All at once. And yeah. just, and then they cast him so perfectly. Vigo, my king. Like I still like my heart starts. Yeah, I know. Just talking about I know. it. It's like yeah, yeah. It's it was just, perfect he's, casting. He's and and he um, was last minute casting. It was oh, supposed really? to be someone else who's an act. I Stuart Townsend, I think, was the actor. Okay, for some reason, couldn't do it. Okay, um, and then Aragorn. Aragorn. <laughs> he Vigo. Is. He, he is, is Aragorn. Yeah. Uh, Vigo got offered it, and apparently, his son was a fan of the books and his son was like no you gotta do this yeah like you have to go and move to new zealand for however many years it took them three years or something to film all the movies yeah and i'm like thank you vigo mortensen's son truly for this gift because he is so he is aragorn yeah like, he is and like what a legend he learned broadsword fighting yeah. to do all his own stunts yeah like yeah and he and he like bought one of his horse yeah or something that's the kind of method acting yeah, i can get behind I, I you know like, it. like much as much as method acting is eh, like yeah, yeah learn yeah. the broadsword fighting 
yeah. when you have the chance. Yeah. And like he's also a poet. Like yeah, this he's man a poet, is just he's like, an artist. Like, he, I don't he's like a painter. Like it, Like he that is Aragorn, right? Yeah. Like you just know that Aragorn is the guy who is good at anything he tries. Well, especially because Except know, for maybe talking to women. Maybe talking <laughs> Expressing your feelings, but like that's charming. Yeah, yeah exactly. Even that is charming. But you know, when he grew, he grew up in Rivendell, so I'm sure yeah. he's extreme. Like Aragorn is extremely well schooled in like poetry and literature mm-hmm. and all those things. So the fact that Vigo is sort of similar, it's just he. Yeah, it was beautiful. They are the same. They, I mean, really, all the. I can't. I don't have quibbles with any of the casting. Uh, no, me either. Like, which is impressive, frankly. Yeah. Like I usually have quibbles. With yeah, casting. me too. No, there are moments in like when they arrive in. Sorry, this is not strictly about food, but when they arrive in the mines of Moria, mm-hmm. and they arrive in the main hall, and Gandalf says, "Like we can risk a little more light," mm-hmm. and the light come in the big the the you see how vast it is, and the music of the score. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like they took a suction cup to my own imagination and projected it on the screen. There are yeah. moments in those films where that's where what it feels, you know, Rivendell is not exactly like I imagined it, but I totally, so I'm like, yeah, I get it. But the it. vibe is it there. It works. The vibe yeah. is there. But there are certain parts where I'm just like, how did you know, how did you know what I imagine what I'm reading? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, Absolutely. It's, it's uncanny. Yeah. Like the Shire too. Yes. Like the color palette of the Shire, yeah. the, I mean, that with that, they had some help because there's illustrations, right? Mm-hmm. And I do love, actually, one thing that, that makes those movies really dear to my heart is, so my brother being an 80s baby and nerd, loved Lord of the Rings as a kid, read it to me, and he had a book of the, that book of illustrations yes. that a bunch of artists did, and there's one artist whose name I can't remember, and like, I'm sorry, because like, they deserve to be mentioned by name, but it is gone from my brain. John Howe? It might be John Howe. There's John Howe, and I think the other famous Tolkien illustrator was Alan Lee? I think it's maybe Alan Lee that they that they actually like shot scenes directly from mm-hmm. his illustrations. Yeah. And so for me his pictures of Rivendell and many of his shots are like mm-hmm. are like exact like yeah. side by side and that I think that's there, there's just such attention to detail. So there's much attention, such to, attention detail, to detail and doing this podcast this episode with you is making me really want to rewatch all not only all the movies but all mm-hmm. the special features. I think we need to have a like after supper morseling and watching of the yeah. movies party. Like, yeah, like it that's is. The only just, th- I'll make seed cakes. Yeah, perfect. I'll try yeah. to. I'll try the Lambus bread recipe from the, my Fantastic. book that I got. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you think of Lambus? What do you think Lambus See, bread is like? I think of Lambus bread as more of a shortbread. Me too. But in yes. all the descriptions, are like it's more of a cornbread. I'm like, but is it? Like in the recipe of the, the the cookbook I just got recently, it's more of a cornbread. Cornbread and I'm like, is a new world crop. I'm like, that's not, I think of it as more of a shortbread. Me too. That is just incredibly filling. Yeah, which is like, like buttery deliciousness food. shortbread. Like, you know, so that's how I imagine it. But I'm glad that you're with me on that. Yeah. Um, it can't be cornbread. Corn is a new world crop, and we already eliminated <laughs> we, tomatoes. We, 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 we can't have And it. like the elves, I'm sorry, but I don't see the elves eating cornbread. Yeah, no, it's too um, plebeian. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's not. They would just be like, "This is coarse." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, a nice kind of buttery yeah. shortbread. I I could see that. Yeah, and like cornbread. In order for cornbread to keep, it needs to be the kind of cornbread that like isn't super nice to eat. Mm. Like when you have the sweet, soft cornbread, it has all those things that will feed mold and bacteria. Yeah. So it needs to be that like coarse, like yeah. And that's not elf food. No. No. I agree. Shortbread. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of new world crops, Sam and his taters, potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Love, love, love. Sam and his. I love Sam. Yes. I, I just love Sam. Like, I get emotional thinking about Sam. Like, he, for me, is, like, the real hero of the whole thing. I think for um, many people. For many people. For many people, um, yeah. I mean, I love Frodo, like, mm-hmm. but, you know. Sam, again, is this this archetype mm-hmm. of the, like, incorruptible hobbit, right? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't ever lust after the ring, I don't think, at all. In the same way that, like, you know, and, and I don't blame Frodo for having 
moments of weakness when he's carrying it for such a long yeah. time. Yeah. And it's, it like we saw with Gollum, it slowly corrupts you and kind yeah. of poisons you. But Sam is just like, he just wants the best for Mr. Frodo. Yeah. And to help everyone and to, you know, have a little seasoning. in like he has that, that box of salt that he carries yeah. with him, which, you know, is more precious to him thinking yeah. of the word precious yeah. than you know the ring yeah it's it's the salt that you can season with like that's so sam it's so great yeah if only he could have sat down with eowyn for a little bit <laughs> maybe she would have got her little, man just put a little bit <laughs> oh my god um, yeah i mean sam just wants to go home sam just wants to go home yeah and have a nice stew yeah. and you know flirt with rosie yeah. and and that's always what he wants although we're gonna just but he wants to carry frodo home he wants too. to carry frodo home too because you know by icon samwise gamgee you know that the two actors sam and sam and frodo's two actors have confirmed multiple times yes. that they like they frodo and sam are in love they and are that's how they played it completely in love <laughs> yeah i don't think he's not in love with rosie i think he loves rosie too by but icon by icon samwise gamgee like, absolutely canon and again i personally think that non-traditional family structures make a mm-hmm. lot of sense mm-hmm. in The Hobbit because often in cultures where that sort of open door generosity thing happens, yeah. you see a lot more sort of fluidity and yeah. blended families and maybe more polyamory style yeah. structures. And, you know, I absolutely believe that like Sam having this abundant love for Frodo is something that would make him attractive to Rosie. Yeah. And I think if Frodo hadn't sailed to the Grey Havens, it, that they would just live in like a poly situation. Absolutely. Yeah. They'd just be like a happy throuple. Yeah. Like, absolutely. 100%. With Sam cooking. With Sam cooking. But yeah. yes, there's that very famous scene where. Gollum is trying to help yes. and kills the two rabbits and brings them and Sam is very happy but he wants to make the stew and then there's the whole conversation about like cooked meat versus raw meat yeah. but then the whole he wishes there were some taters but then Peter Jackson brought it to a whole other level with the whole potatoes <laughs> and you know that whole thing yeah. it's just it's but but also what Sam is trying to do in that moment I feel is bring home back into the equation for Frodo yeah when you know they're on they're in Athelion, they're almost at Mordor, like giving them all, but especially Sam is gifting Frodo with this like memory of like what is it like yeah. to have like a really good meal? Yeah, especially because they've been eating lumbus bread for, exactly. For weeks. And you know, lumbus bread is uh, delicious, yeah. shortbread, not cornbread. Um, but if you're eating only that, it's kind of yeah. gonna get old after a while. And I also like that touch that it's not like a magical bread that you never get tired of. It's yeah. Like even though it is delicious and even though it is filling, nobody you, wants nobody lumbus wants to... bread every single exactly. day. And at least in the movies, Sam is there being our relatable boy. Yes. <laughs> oh look, more lumbus bread. More lumbus bread. <laughs> so, but I just I love that. I think it just shows Sam's sweetness and love yeah. for Frodo in that moment of like we're at the edge of the. It feels like they're at the edge of the world you know about Mm -hmm. to go continue on this the last leg of this quest and he's like oh i'm gonna make him a rabbit like a coney stew or whatever they call it but yeah it's just the sweetest it is it's yeah stew is another like hobbity food that i am just hooked on because it's like warm and it's like easy to make like i whipped i made one last week because it's starting to get cold and it was just like i was just like why don't i make this all the time yeah and it's because neither of my children will eat it oh they just oh my god what if you make dumplings when i was little my mom would make stew and she would put dumplings in them to mm. make it more palatable to us they would probably eat the dumplings mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mm. try like sorting it i'm like yeah. can you just eat the meat no. yeah no okay i don't like stew so there's hobbit food and there's elven food and there's also in the movies one more scene that i think we have to talk about before mm-hmm. we wrap which is Denethor eating. <gasps> yes. The, he eats a tomato. Yes. Oh, that's like such an F you to Tolkien because it's a tomato. <laughs> I just thought of that. That's oh, my God. True. But yes, Pippin singing that beautiful song, which is adapted from one of the poems mm-hmm. in the book. It's so it's so beautiful and poetic and yeah. gross also. Yeah. Like it's nasty him yes. eating like that and just... Every, like dribbling down his chin but again it's like oh this is literally like 
a representation of the blood yeah. of your son yeah. on the battlefield. So I get it, but it's so gross. It is. And I think that scene is so important, not only because it develops his character so well mm-hmm. and shows his callousness and, yeah. and all of that, but the idea of sitting alone at this big table, mm-hmm. eating this beautiful meal, having somebody sing for you instead of inviting him to share your meal. Mm-hmm. It's its such a stark contrast to the Hobbit feasts. But also, speaking of like the rightful king of Gondor, Aragorn would never. No, never. He would never. He would have had Pippin sitting with him and they would have been sharing a meal together. Yeah. But Denethor was, is so caught up in like, I want to be king. Like, I'm not, like, I'm the steward, but I want to be king. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yes, bring me food, and I'm going to sit at this magnificent table and this magnificent... It's not a throne. Can't call it a throne, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty fancy chair. Yeah. Yeah, and this this just, like, there's really this idea that isolated food mm-hmm. is not as good. Yes, very that. And that power, I mean, and this is a huge theme in the books, that power is isolating. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons it's so dangerous is because, I mean, we see this with Frodo getting corrupted. He gets pulled further and further away from his community because he can't relate as much. Um, And he and Bilbo both, after having carried the ring, have a great deal of trouble, shall we say, reintegrating into society. Absolutely. Um, There's this idea that having that power Mm -hmm. pulls you away from people. And... I mean, that's why Sam maintains that sort of... I don't like using the word purity, but you that's know what so I mean? Fun. That's so funny. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, purity, but not real. It's I don't like, want to say that. But, it's, like yeah. a pure, yeah. it's like a pure spirit, but not yeah. in a like not in a like nasty, gross yeah, way of exactly, saying purity. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and so seeing somebody with a lot of food just eating mm-hmm. by himself, completely for himself, not thinking about his table manners, not thinking yeah. about how he looks, like just completely focused on what he wants and completely just consuming like he's consuming Pippin's voice he's consuming this lunch yeah he is not thinking about the people who are out there his son who is out there sacrificing yeah. himself I think that's probably I mean that may be the most iconic scene mm-hmm. absolutely I think I think movies. you're right and and again yeah. it's just it's Everything comes together in that, like from the casting to, you know, the way that they directed the scene and mm-hmm. the Pippin, uh, B- Billy Boy's beautiful voice. Yeah. You know, it just, it all, it all came together into this perfect scene. Yeah, it's a perfect scene. Yeah. It is. Is there anything else we need to talk about? We're, we're coming close to an hour, believe okay, it or not. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's more we could talk about because yeah. there's definitely, you know, a lot in there, but I think we're good. I mean, we, okay. we touched on all the... All the ones you wanted to talk I think, about? I think so. All right. I'd be love to hear what what food stood out to uh, to other people. Yeah, in absolutely. The books and if we didn't hit something that yeah. like you're like I cannot believe you didn't talk about that, like please comment yeah, on on curious. our social media. Yeah. We're gonna have this posted on Instagram. Like, let us know uh, because I would love to see that, and I think yeah. Emma would love to see that too. And and I think there's um, a thing at the end of the of the of the books of the Lord of the Rings. Where there's like a period of abundance again mm-hmm. in the Shire and they have mm-hmm. strawberries and cream. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's so, like, to me, that is so quintessentially British. Yeah. And, and to me, that's really quintessentially abundant. Like, yeah. I have talked about strawberries on the show again uh, before, so I'm not going to give everybody the spiel. But for me, they're just like one of those luxuries of summer because yeah. they are never as good as they are in season. No. Um, and I pretty much only have them when they're in season. Yes, I made that mistake a few weeks ago yeah. on my grocery order where I ordered some strawberries because oh, I no. really wanted some. And they yeah. were like clearly picked when they were white in yeah. California or something. And they were just they were not. It was yeah. not good. Um, I learned my lesson. And that is how I like to eat them. I like to just have strawberries and cream. Yeah. Like in the summer all the time. Yeah. Um, like a nice strawberry shortcake. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I eat a ton of those in yeah. the summer. Yeah. Maybe with some lumbus bread. Yep. Because oh yeah. what a nice that fusion would, that food would that would really be. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we need to have a hobbity food. Fest. Yes. <laughs> I like this. Like a like a hobbit food party. Maybe I'll have like a hobbit solstice. Yeah. That would be fun. I mean, anything hobbity is just comfort. Is yeah. the word. Protect the Shire, man. Yeah. That's yeah. what's important. Yeah. And eat some good food. Eat some and, good food. And have a little after dinner morsel. Yeah. And share. Like, that's the thing. Like, Bilbo shares all his food at the start of The Hobbit. He doesn't think twice. Like, he has a moment where you think, oh, I wish I didn't have to share my seed cake. But he does. He 
he would never not. Yeah. Like it would it, that would be a, that would be appalling. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, then again at the beginning of Lord of the Rings yeah. where he's sharing because it's his birthday he's sharing. Yeah, like Exactly. That is yeah. Generosity makes food better. Absolutely. And I hope that you now go and rewatch or reread or whatever is your poison because I know I'm going to. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Def- probably both. Yeah. There, there was a time in my life where I would try to read The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings once a year. Oh, my God. Um, That's religious. And I did it for a good 15 years, but not, it's slowly become less of an annual tradition. But I want to get back into that because it's just it's like visiting an old friend. This is like, why like I blank, chose it's like, it's like It's like a nice little blanket that you yeah. pull up and then it's like, oh, it's just perfect. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. And then, of course, if I read them, I want to watch the movies. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because as I was telling you before, they all... I, I've watched and read them so many times that sometimes I can't quite remember what's in the book and what's in the yeah. movie. And I feel like that's okay. It's kind of like if you give a mouse a, uh, if you give a, mouse a cookie. You know? If I read The Hobbit, I'm going to have to mm-hmm. read... Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. If I read the Lord of the Rings, you're gonna have to watch the movies. I'm gonna have to watch the movies, yeah. and if I watch the movies, I'm gonna have to go back and see if I missed anything yeah. in the books. And yeah. then, when I'm reading the books, it's gonna remind me of The Hobbit, and I'll realize I haven't read The Hobbit in a yeah. while. Yeah. 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 And that's what makes it a great book. Yeah. Emma, thank you so much. Thank you for this having me. This was a delight. I'm so happy you came. Oh, yay. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Tefferbear and at Tom's Alatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, and Aslam. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, hey, is there a book you want me to talk about the food? You can join Patreon and make me do that, and I would be delighted. Head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at the Pod Cavern. When you buy merch, you support our network, and that in turn supports us. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Misty Mountains Cold Ingles, and our cover art is by David Messy Tomato Eater Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show is produced by me, Tefera Jemian, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Five years, four seasons, two miniseries. It all comes together in the epic finale of Moonbase Theta Out. Hello again, Moonbaseians. It's just too much to keep under control here. Our position is on the moon. We are in possession of the moon bases. That is where we intend to remain and despite you. I was trying to fix things. Get your fists up, Michelle. We're going to end this one way or another. There is nowhere on the moon that you can hide. We will be visiting your position soon. This message is for Dr. Ashrini Ray and Roger Brigado Fisher. Your messages have been received, and we recognize your struggle. Let's move. We could message everyone, everywhere. What did I miss? Sorry, love. It's a busy day at the end of the moon. We've been through the end of so many things, but we're still here. Moonbase Theta Out, the series finale, August 20th and September 3rd, 2023. Report. Set collection. Discrepancy straight-lined, Moth said. Meet Moth. Moth travels everywhere and every when in search of 
often deadly, discrepancies, and tries to make sense of the briefs she gets from collection. There were holes in the brief, you know. I don't like that. The Moth Collection Podcast. It's science fiction with a little bit of horror. It's weird and funny and romantic, and there won't be another season. 14 episodes, and that's it, people. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Podcavern.